Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be out with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. It is Monday. You have survived the weekend. Congratulations. You get to get back at it. Just imagine what you will accomplish this week. No, the good news is, praise be to God, that it's a short week because it's Thanksgiving. And let us be thankful today for all the gifts, the graces that we have been given, and uh, life itself, because it's precious. Amen? We have a lot to cover for you today. In fact, five dead, up to 40 injured. That's the latest report out of the uh, Waukesha tragedy, the Christmas parade tragedy in Wisconsin. We're going to cover that story. We're also going to uh, do a sort of like a post-trial catch up with Brent Haynes, our political analyst, Catholic speaker, and attorney on the uh, Rittenhouse trial, which is there a connection to the Waukesha parade? We don't know yet, but there are there is a suspect in custody. So we're going to talk about that at 15 past the hour. And then, of course, Alexander Trugwell is going to be on from the Boniface Institute in Austin. Austria, huge, massive rallies all across the world uh, over the weekend for this vax mandate. And in Austria today, uh, a lockdown goes into place. They are locking people down there. We're going to catch the latest on that information with Alexander Trugoel from the Boniface Institute at 35 past the hour. And today, by the grace of God, praise be to Jesus, is the very first day for our brand new permanent full-time member, Rudy. Good morning to you, Rudy. Thank you for being on the program today. Thank you, Joe. Good morning, everybody. I'm happy to be here. Rudy Carlos, our Rudolfo Carlos, is his, uh, as his mother calls him, uh, is uh, is our permanent full time member. And today's your first day to read the news. How do you feel? I feel a little nervous, but uh, you know we'll get through it. <laughs> we're gonna get through it by the grace of God. Now you were sick this past week, so is oh. recovery going okay for you? Yeah, it was suffering. Let me tell you, it's just <laughs> agony and pain. Uh, I got the big, uh, the big oof. So uh, I've been recovering from that, and thankfully, thanks be to God, by all uh, the prayers everybody has given, I'm, I'm okay. Amen to that. Well, we're looking forward to having you live in the studio sometime in January, I think. So uh, that'll be fun. That'll be an exciting time to get you into the studio, and, and we're all going to be live together. Speaking of sick and suffering, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Cough, cough. <clears throat> There we go. Sick and suffering. Sick and uh, suffering. No, praise be to God. It's good to be here. Despite the fact that uh, that Rudy is sick, I it's good to be here for me, you know. In spite of it all. Yes, despite of it all. <laughs> no, it's good. Good weekend. Good. Uh, what a blessing. And, uh, you know, so it's good. I'm excited. And I'm excited for our shows on Thursday and Friday. We have some awesome, uh, unique content lined up for the our pre-recorded shows on Thursday and oh, Friday. Yeah? So I'm super excited. Can you tease it maybe? Who, oh, who, yeah. Who do we got? So here's one thing that I'll tease, or a couple things I'll tease. One, we have our my friend Ryan Grant, which I'm going to read a small excerpt of what we're talking about mm-hmm. for the Saint of the Day today. Okay. And we're talking about all things Eucharist on Thursday for Thanksgiving, you know, because Eucharist means Thanksgiving. And 
I also reveal the secret to the turkey indults. Hmm. <laughs> Can you have meat on the Friday after Thanksgiving? <laughs> the secret <laughs> of the this, this sounds like a uh, a Raymond Arroyo book or something. The secret of the turkey indult. Yeah, you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to find out. You have to listen and listen on Thursday. <laughs> we should write that if it's not been written before. All right, the mystery of the turkey indult. I like that. Praise be to God. All right, so lots to cover. Uh, so lots in the headline news today that we're going to be. Uh, Sitting back and listening and enjoying Rudy Carlos's first ever CDT newscast. No pressure. No pressure. But we're, we're excited about it anyway. And then, as I said, Brent Haynes, our political analyst and attorney, is going to be on at 15 past to talk about the Christmas Day Parade a tragedy in Waukesha, Wisconsin, and then uh, catch up on the Rittenhouse trial uh, now that uh, the verdict is out late Friday afternoon. And then, of course, we're going to talk about these vax mandates and the lockdowns in Austria, which is now spreading across Europe. Thousands, tens of thousands of people marched. So all of that coming up in this hour. And then, of course, if you can join us in the second hour, praise be to God, we would love to have you. Uh, we have a fun second hour on Catholic Drive Time. We are going to play our game show, Fear and Trembling, Catholic Trivia Game Show, where prizes are at stake and you could win. We have a brand new prize sponsor this week. We're very excited about it, by the grace of God. And uh, all you need to do is tune in to the second hour to be a part of it. Now, if you can't tune in to the radio, you can tune in to the live video stream over and uh, on our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. That's grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Let's pray and jump in. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother, to thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now the headlines with Rudy Carlos. Good morning, friends. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. I'm Rudy Carlos, and here are your headline news for today. Heavy reports, Waukesha Parade tragedy leaves five dead and 40 injured, including 12 children. An SUV plowed into a Christmas parade in the Milwaukee suburb of Waukesha on Sunday, injuring more than 20 people, the city's police chief said. Heavy has learned an ID was found in the Red Ford Escape in the name of Daryl Brooks Jr. The suspect taken into custody also has given his name as Daryl Brooks, according to the scanner. Local residents told Heavy that their loved ones were barricaded in stores after a vehicle drove through the crowd. Many people believe the suspect was shooting from it as gunfire echoed through the parade route. But the police chief, Dan Thompson, now says he doesn't believe shots were fired from the SUV. He said, quote, an officer did discharge his weapon at the suspect vehicle to try and stop the vehicle. No people were injured accord in no no people were injured by the gunfire. Brooks, who also goes by the name Daryl E. Brooks Jr., has opened felony cases in Milwaukee County. He is released on a $1,000 bail in one case just days ago. Waukesha is a suburban city in a conservative affluent county next to Milwaukee County, which is about an hour away from Kenosha. AP News reports expect to pay more for Christmas trees, experts say. Add Christmas trees to the list of items facing shortages in higher prices this year. Several factors are driving the trend, Newsday reported, including an over-the-top sales last Christmas 
during the COVID-19 pandemic and supply chain issues this year. Experts said tree buyers should expect to pay between 10 and 30% more for both live and artificial trees this year and have a smaller selection to choose from. Farmers struggling after the economic recession in 2009 planted fewer trees for several years and demand for the rising demand has been rising in the last several years, experts told Newsday. It takes about eight to 10 years for a tree to reach full maturity. Shipments of artificial trees have been delayed this year due to supply chain issues, including a shortage of truck drivers to make deliveries. Quote, some of the major retailers say that they have about 43% of their inventory right now, when it should be closer to 70% at this time of the year, end quote. Jamie Warner, executive director of the American Christmas Tree Association, said. And the Blaze reports more than half of NYPD cops wish they never joined the force, say far-left politics absolutely destroying New York City. An internal New York police Department survey of nearly 6,000 officers found that 56% of New York cops say they wouldn't become a police officer if they had a chance to do it all over again, according to the New York Post. When asked if they feel the public disrespects them, 46% of officers believe they are disrespected versus 42% who didn't believe so. The officers were asked if the public distrusts them, and 44% agreed, while 41% disagreed. There are 73% of police poll participants who said that the public does not have a good relationship with the NYPD. A whopping 80% of NYPD officers, detective sergeants, lieutenants, and captains are hesitant to aggressively fight crime because of the ramifications of of criminal liability being sued or being unfairly disciplined. Quote, my retirement date is next month, and I can't wait to run out of here, said a 20-year veteran of the force. One of the places that New York's finest are fleeing to is Florida. Lakeland started a social media campaign appealing to New York City earlier this year and even dispatched a team of recruiters to Times Square. The The result was 14 NYPD officers ditched the Big Apple to head to a small community outside of Tampa according to the post and those were your headline news for this morning god love you the saint of the day is saint cecilia saint cecilia lived during the roman empire in the third century and was born to a wealthy roman family she vowed her virginity to christ but her parents married her off anyway she then converted her husband to the christian faith and he in turn respected her virginity and converted his brother On her wedding night, she made her vow known to him and informed him that an angel guarded her purity. Her husband replied that he would believe her and honor her vow if he could also see her angel. Cecilia instructed him to first be baptized and afterward he would be able to see see the angel. The angel then crowned Cecilia with a chaplet of roses and lilies. Together, her husband and his brother took up the task of burying martyred Christians, which was illegal and resulted in their martyrdom. St. Cecilia responded by burying her husband and converting hundreds of people through her Christian witness and the strength of her faith. The prefect ordered that she be taken to her own home and suffocated in the bath. Cecilia rejoiced at the order and began immediately preparing for her death. They led her to her home and placed her in a bronze bath. The prefect angrily ordered her to be beheaded there on the very spot where she was. The unskilled executioner struck her three times with his sword and she knelt with her head bowed in prayer, but he was unable to sever her head. Inhumanly, they left her there, living for and half dead and half alive. 
Her friends lifted her gently on the couch, where for three days she lingered on, suffering but not complaining at all. By her words, she did not cease to console and strengthen those around her, many of whom she herself had brought into the true fold. Finally, at the end of the third day, in the presence of Pope Urban and her friends, she ceased speaking to them and began to pray steadily but peacefully. While these prayers were still on her lips, she gave up her precious soul into the hands of the living God, whence it had first came for its short pilgrimage on earth. Urban and the deacons took up her sacred body by night and laid it away in the catacombs near to the resting place of her husband Valerius and her and her and the brother Tiber, Tibertius. Saint Cecilia, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Luke chapter 21, verses 1 through 4. When Jesus looked up, he saw some wealthy people putting their offerings into the treasury, and he noticed a poor widow putting in two small coins. He said, I tell you truly, this poor widow put in more than all the rest. For those others have all made offerings from their surplus wealth, but she, from her poverty, has offered her whole livelihood. The Gospel of the Lord. Hadock, commenting, uh, or commenting from the fathers of the church, said, Whatever we offer to the Almighty with a good intention is acceptable to him, for he regards not the gift, but the heart of the giver from the venerable bead. He goes on to say, God does not appreciate the smallness of the gift, but the greatness of the affection with which it is offered from St. Chrysostom. Praise be to God. Praise be to Jesus in all things. Ignatius Catholic Commentary this morning points out that the two copper coins, literally two lepta, these were the least valuable Jewish coins in circulation within the temple precincts. There were over a dozen receptacles for different types of donations. Now, I love this particular passage because I think it illustrates very clearly for the rest of us that intentions matter. Intentions matter especially when we are judging the actions of other people. Intentions matter. God knows our intentions. There's no way to hide our intentions with God. He, of course, knows our inner thoughts, our hearts, our intentions, our motivations, and even our distractions. And so, our intentions are very important. We must remind ourselves what our intentions are in our relationships to others, in our actions every single day. What are we intending to do? Allegorically, St. Bede goes on to say, the widow's offering signifies the purity of the church in contrast to the unfaithful Jerusalem, which gives to God only from its surplus. The church is the widow whose husband, Christ, has died on her behalf. She lives in poverty of spirit and gives devoutly to the Lord's treasury the two coins of charity and the love of God and neighbor. Yea and amen. What's concerning us is coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Catholic Drive Time will be right back. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Many Protestants believe Christians can be absolutely sure they're going to heaven 
because John tells us in 1 John 5.13, I write this that you may know you have eternal life. But is this true? The answer is no, and here are some reasons why. First, John writes in the next verse, and this is the confidence which we have in him. For John, the knowledge we have of our salvation is not a certainty without doubt, but a confident assurance. And that's the Catholic belief. Second, we know this is what John means because in verse 15, he draws a parallel between our knowledge of salvation and our knowledge that God grants our requests. Do we have absolute certitude that God will grant our requests? No, but we are confident he will answer. So, Catholics need not worry. John is not teaching Protestant doctrine here. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Uh, and we're going to have a great conversation today. Coming up at 35 past the hour, Alexander Trugoel from the Boniface Institute in Austria is going to be our guest to talk about the lockdowns that are happening there today. Massive, massive crowds uh, all over Europe, but across the world, too. Uh, Australia, New York City, Toronto, I mean, everywhere, uh, to protest against these mandates. And Alexander Trugel is going to tell us what is the latest in Austria, which has been a spark this week for sure. But uh, joining us right now is Brent Haynes. He's an attorney, he's a political analyst and a Catholic speaker, speaking mostly on religious freedom and pro-life issues. But we've been having conversations with him about the Rittenhouse trial. We thought we'd bring him back to do a sort of a post-trial conversation. But that now, of course, we have the story coming out of Waukesha, Wisconsin, this Christmas parade with this tragedy of someone driving an SUV through the, through the parade uh, the reports are somewhere between five and six dead, up to 40 or more injured. It's a horrible story. Good morning to you, Brent Haynes. Good morning, Joe. Uh, this The story out of Wisconsin is actually quite tragic today. We, we did expect protests, riots, things of that nature. I think uh, Portland, Oregon, you know, uh, it was, I guess, uh, a good excuse for them to to riot a little bit. But other though, otherwise, from that perspective, it was fairly quiet, I would argue, compared to what we expected uh, but this story out of the the Christmas parade is very tragic. I, it's very sad. Tragic is the word, Joe. Now, we don't want to jump to conclusions that this criminal act um, is connected to the Rittenhouse case, the Rittenhouse protest. We don't want to make the mistake that... Uh, we don't know. We don't know. We don't want to make the mistake that so many people in the mainstream media and so many opinion shapers and influencers out there, such as Hollywood celebrities, make when they jump to conclusions. Um, there is a well-established history now of uh, uh, certain terrorists, especially um, Islamic-inspired terrorists, of driving vehicles yeah. into Christmas markets in Germany and in Europe. Yes, driving. Uh, there's there have been vehicle. There's been at least one vehicle attack in the United States before. Um, it could it could be somebody angry from the Rittenhouse case, but we don't want to jump to that. There conclusion. is a suspect in custody. The police chief said there they aren't they aren't hunting for the vehicle. They have the vehicle. They have a suspect in custody, and there is actually reports out this morning that uh, the custody that is in question uh, is named Daryl Brooks Jr. Is either is 
you know, what's the actual connection? We don't know. This is all alleged at this point, but this is the name being reported this morning uh, out of Milwaukee, somebody with uh, a pretty extensive rap sheet, unfortunately. We don't know intentions. We don't know motivations. We don't know the actual connections other than they have police scanner audio of finding the vehicle at the at his house, and he has now been taken into custody. So uh, I guess we'll have to wait to, for more information, but Pretty tragic all the way around. And uh, the police chief also said in the press release or press conference that one of their officers did fire their weapon at the vehicle in hopes of stopping it. He said nobody was injured and it didn't stop the vehicle. Pretty, pretty tragic situation. So we'll be having more information on that for sure. But let's talk about the Rittenhouse trial. Um, Friday afternoon, you know, we, I can't believe it went four days. OJ Simpson trial went, what, eight months and la- and the jury deliberated deliberated for what four hours. Rittenhouse goes fifteen days, deliberates four days. Well, every case, um, you know, it sounds like a cliche, but it really is true that every case is different and every jury is different. Um, the time they took suggests that they really were, were thoughtful and careful in going through the evidence. If they had returned a very quick verdict, that would have received a lot of criticism, of course, especially if it had been the same verdict. Um, but it suggests that they really were careful in considering the evidence, whether people disagree with the verdict or not. Um, that's what we want jurors to do, uh, to listen to the evidence and then to take the time they need to make a decision. And they clearly didn't rush to their judgment in this case. There were so many things that happened that, uh, that seemed very peculiar, interesting, and crazy uh, to many of us that don't have expert legal uh, you know, experience, I suppose. Um, the fact that the prosecutor picked up an AR-15 in the court and pointed it at presumably people like the jurors with his finger on the trigger. With his finger on the trigger. Apparently, he believes in the, um, you, you know, the Hollywood school of uh, firearm safety. Maybe, you know, possibly. <laughs> Is possibly, he not familiar with took, Alec Baldwin's story? Took, yeah, he took, he took uh, lessons from Alec Baldwin, apparently, not to make light of that situation because uh, a poor woman died there. You would... You would think the prosecutor would have been at least vaguely aware of that news. Now, I, you know, yeah. I'll tell you, when lawyers are getting ready for trial, especially a case like that, he probably was spending you know, every waking moment um, preparing for the case. But it does show just a fundamental illiteracy. Do you think he did that on – is it possible he could have done that on purpose just to evoke a sense of fear? about the gun itself in the minds and the hearts of the jurors? Oh, I'm sure that that's almost certainly what he intended in terms of wielding the weapon in the courthouse. But even then, you never point a gun at somebody and you never put your finger on the trigger. Right. You know that from your training in the Marine Corps. I know that, uh, you know, from from handling firearms. Um, It is just a fundamental rule. Nobody ever gets shot by accident if people don't point guns at people that they don't intend to shoot and if Mm. they don't put their finger on the trigger. Now, yes, the gun was checked, and we can belabor this point. Um, But the the real point is it just shows the the, the prosecutor's uh, just complete thorough lack of knowledge, to use a polite phrase, about I firearms. I can't even believe that the bolt wasn't locked back while it was in the court. Well, he also used tried to use the scare tactics in, during the trial of using, you know, menacing-sounding phrases such as full metal jacket when yeah. he described the ammunition. <laughs> yeah. right. And anybody who's familiar with shooting knows that full metal jacket ammunition is, is, is just the standard ammunition that people use for target practice. Right. Um, it's, it's, you know, it was the name of a popular Hollywood movie a generation ago. 
Uh, but, I remember it very well. I memorized the, the film. But the, <laughs> unfortunately, yeah, the process. You know, the prosecutor was certainly he was trying to to get the jurors to feel some sort of fear. Um, he was appealing to their emotions, and you know, of course, lawyers want to appeal to to, to jurors' emotions and sympathies. So uh, that's probably what of he course, was doing. The evidence, the, the whole issue of uh, the drone footage being low res versus high res versus you know the 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 file names were different after they rested their case that was a big deal the fact that that several of the uh those that were testifying um corroborated Kyle Rittenhouse's arguments of self-defense, and it, it seemed as though the prosecution didn't know that was going to happen. Like they seemed caught off guard when they when they when they discovered on the stand. Is that how could that be? I mean, clearly they they depose these people before trial starts. They know what they're going to say, do they not? Joe, these prosecutors spent over a year preparing this case. Then how and is this even, possible? Even if it is, and of course it's highly suspect, but even if it is an innocent mistake. The prosecution is always responsible for getting the evidence to the defendant and his lawyers so that they can prepare a proper case for trial. We have a criminal justice system in this country where defendants are supposed to have a fair trial. That means they get a lawyer if they can't afford one. That means they don't have to testify. Uh, if they don't want to, they can, re they can remain silent up until trial and testify then if they want to, and prosecutors aren't supposed to talk about that. Um, and the prosecution is not supposed to withhold evidence. Mm. Even if it's an innocent mistake, it's held against the prosecution because we're not going to jeopardize the defendant's right to a fair trial. You know, it's critical the defendants get a fair trial because we send people to prison in this country and still sometimes, not as often as we used to, despite the mass incarceration claims. But uh, the defendants uh, committed several uh, acts of misconduct in this case. Um, just to name four quickly, they commented, commented on the defendant's right to remain silent. That's one of the instances where the judge attracted a lot of attention because he raised his voice at the prosecutors. He basically yelled at them. Um, and he's right. You know, th this has been the law for 40 or 50 years, as, he's, as he said. It's, you know, it's clear. It's not just that defendants have a right not to talk to police officers when they get arrested and they're in custody. They have a right to remain silent, period. And the prosecutors talked about that. And they knew they weren't supposed to. Another point was they got into evidence in front of the jury. They started to get into evidence in front of the jury, uh, which is uh, cl typically classified as character evidence. Uh, in legal terms, they violated what, was, what would, in many jurisdictions, be called a motion in limine to limit the evidence before it's presented to the jury to make sure it's relevant so that, so that the jury doesn't go off track or the, jury doesn't, doesn't, the trial doesn't go off track or the jury doesn't get distracted by character evidence as opposed to the evidence of the actual incident for which the person is being tried. They violated that. They violated that, and they certainly did that on purpose. Every lawyer who's ever been in a courtroom understands that rule about character evidence, and they understand how motions in limine work. The prosecution violated that rule. Um, they charged Rittenhouse with shooting Grosskreutz, even though Grosskreutz, Grosskreutz on video was pointing his weapon at Kyle Rittenhouse, who was on his back. Knocked down, you know, on his back in the street. They try to defend it by saying, well, uh, Grosskreutz was pursuing an active shooter. Okay, first, Grosskreutz isn't the police. Um, and second of all, Kyle Rittenhouse was running away. And third, he was running away toward the police. They, they, they want to use these buzzwords, just as in the media, of, say, active shooter to try to justify the violence of the rioters and the demonstrators. But at the same time, they want to condemn Kyle Rittenhouse, mm. who, who used 
the minimal force necessary to defend himself, yeah. which unfortunately, you know, was fatal for two people. Um, you know, just one last example of the misconduct by the trial prosecutors is they charged him with uh, possession of a dangerous weapon. Uh, this is still being disputed in the media. Look at PolitiFact came out and said, uh, and actually was wrong on this claim when somebody called them on it after the judge dismissed that charge. PolitiFact still tried to defend their claim, and probably because they just assume that a rifle is a dangerous weapon. Right. But guess what? The law is supposed to be specific. You're supposed to know what you are on trial for, and the Wisconsin Penal Code has a definition for this statute of a dangerous weapon, and it has to be a short-barreled weapon. And this rifle is not a short-barreled weapon. It doesn't meet the definition that's established in the penal code. And the prosecutors are charged with that knowledge. They're the experts. They're the professionals. Mm. They know what the penal code is. They should have looked at that, and they never should have brought that charge. That was misconduct on that part. Now, some people might say, well, that statute's a little confusing. Guess what? Basic criminal law says... If the statutes are confusing, the benefit of the doubt goes to the defendant because we want people to know clearly what mm. the law is so that they can so that they'll know what they're supposed to do and what they're not supposed to do. That that's another example of misconduct by the prosecutors. Rudy, real quick, you had a question? Yeah, I was just wondering what you thought of uh you know, there's a lot of miscategorizations by the media. Do you think that uh, Mr. Rittenhouse will have a case to sue any of the news organizations who've uh, slandered him or have made up uh, false lies about him. You got about sixty seconds. The the um, Rittenhouse will certainly be probably entertaining defamation cases, probably against specific people in the media or specific news organizations that call him a white supremacist. Um, there are suggestions that he should sue President Biden because Joe Biden, when he was not president, was campaigning and linked him with white supremacy. The FBI went through Kyle Rittenhouse's phone before the trial. If the prosecution had found, if the FBI had found any evidence that he was linked to militias or white supremacists or any groups like that, they would have turned it over to the prosecutors and they would have used it. Right. All the victims were white in this situation. All the victims are white. It's hard to win a defamation case. It's also noteworthy. Kyle Rittenhouse could still be charged federally, and of course, he'll probably be sued civilly. I, I, I guess I shouldn't have called them victims. The judge said we couldn't call them victims for a reason. At any rate, Brent Haynes, thank you for your time today and for your analysis of that. Lots to pray about. We're going to be right back. Catholic Drive Times. Come back. More breaking news. And Alex Trugowell. This is a Messy Family Minute with Mike and Alicia Hernan. For some couples, praying together is very natural, but for others, prayer may feel awkward or forced. The truth is, there is real power in spouses praying together. So how can couples pray together more? You can begin by blessing each other and your children in the morning, or engage in communal prayer together like the rosary or the mass. You can also ask your spouse, how can you pray for them? Intercede for them and their needs throughout your day as you are driving or cleaning. When parents need guidance in making decisions for the family, this is when the two of you should come before the Lord in faith and ask for help. And when you fall and make poor choices, you should also repent together and ask the Lord for His forgiveness and mercy. Growing in your prayer life is an essential way to develop and deepen your relationship, but also a way for you to support your spouse and love them more profoundly. A threefold cord is not easily broken. To hear more, visit us at MessyFamilyMinute.org. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. 
And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm Rudy Carlos, and here are your headline news. Epoch Times says, Leaked audio reveals how California teachers recruit kids into LGBT clubs. A leaked audio recording reveals two teachers at a recent California Teachers Association conference mocking parents over their concerns about homosexual and transgender indoctrination at school, says a source who attended the event in Palm Springs, California. The recording, obtained by the Epoch Times, captured two 7th grade teachers, Kelly Baraki and Lori Caldera, from Buena Vista Middle School in Salinas, California, telling other teachers how to recruit students into LGBT clubs, also known as Gay Straight Alliance clubs at school. Quote, it was horrifying to listen to not just one teacher, but really all of the teachers and all of these seminars excoriating parents, end quote, said the source, who goes by the pseudonym Rebecca Murphy. According to Murphy, the conference in Palm Springs appeared to include teachers showing the teach appeared to include teachers showing other teachers how to undermine the authority of parents and school administrators and conceal activities related to gender inclusion and sexual orientation from them. Teachers also suggested that parents who refuse to call their child by their pronouns of the child's choosing should be arrested and charged with child abuse, Murphy said. After information about the leaked audio was made public this week, Superintendent Toralo, SUSD President McDougall, and Kate Perrigan, the principal at Buena Vista Middle School, issued a letter on November 19th addressed to the SUSD community that the UBU club has been suspended. Epic Times reports after OSHA suspends vaccine rule, White House tells businesses to move forward with it. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki on Thursday again said that businesses with 100 or more workers should move forward and implement the federal government's rule requiring workers to get vaccinated or submit to regular testing. She said, quote, our message to businesses right now is to move forward with measures that will make their workplaces safer and protect their workforces from COVID-19, end quote. She's told reporters at the White House on Thursday, that was our message after the first stay issued by the Fifth Circuit. That remains our message and nothing has changed, she said, end quote. It comes days after the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, OSHA, said that it would suspend enforcement of the mandate after a U.S. appeals court reaffirmed its decision to temporarily block the rule, which was published earlier this month, affecting tens of millions of private sector employees. The mandate triggered a barrage of lawsuits from Republican states, businesses, individuals, and other groups. Despite OSHA's decision and legal challenges, Saki and the Biden administration is confident that it has the authority to implement the rule and confirmed the White House is still working under the guise that businesses will implement the mandate by January 4th. And the Washington Examiner reports 80 burglars ransack Nordstrom with weapons. It was like a scene out of a movie. 
A local restaurant owner encountered the shocking scene that occurred in Walnut Creek around 9 p.m., explaining that 50 to 80 people were involved with the brazen robbery. Quote, I probably saw 80, 50 to 80 people in like ski masks with crowbars, a bunch of weapons, end quote, said local PF Chang's manager, Brett Barrett. NBC Bay Area reporter Jody Hernandez tweeted a video of the spectacle. About 25 cars just blocked the street and rushed into Walnut Creek Nordstrom, making off with goods before getting in cars and speeding away. At least two people arrested at gunpoint, she wrote. Texas AG accuses Biden administration of creating border crisis as a large migrant caravan approaches. And those are your headline news this morning. Praise God be love to you. Praise be to God in all things. Uh, thank you, uh, Rudy. Uh, news number two segment in the bag. You're already a seasoned pro. You got two segments in the can. Congratulations. Um, <laughs> joining us right now via Zoom chat is Alexander Trugowell from the Boniface Institute. Uh, over the weekend, there were massive rallies all over the world, really. Australia and uh, New York and Canada and uh, many places in Europe. I mean, there was violence that was being reported, actually, as a result to police clashes between uh, the protesters. It was pretty crazy. But uh, in Austria, they, had, they started to talk last week about locking down the unvaccinated. Well, that seems to have escalated. And we've invited Alexander Trugoel to to be on with us to tell us what is the story. Good morning to you, Alex. Thank you for your time today. Good morning. Thank you for the invitation. Praise be to God. Uh, so what is the latest going on in Austria? Well, the latest, uh, that's, that's, a very, that's a very big question as everything changes actually every day. So two, day, two weeks ago, um, people who were not uh, vaccinated, who are not vaccinated, were locked, down, uh, locked uh, out of normal societies. We were not allowed to go to a restaurant anymore, not allowed to do normal shopping and things like this. Um, since a week, since now eight days, there was a lockdown only for the unvaccinated in general. So we were not allowed to go out on the streets. Um, just for, you know, um, basic things like doing a grocery shopping that was still allowed, but, uh, but uh, nothing next to this. And um, since this week, we now have a lockdown. Since today, we have a lockdown for every Austrian. Um, on Friday, the government not only said that there will be a lockdown for every Austrian for Monday, but they also said they will introduce a vaccine mandate um, on the 1st of February. This vaccine mandate, mandate will look like, as uh, we don't know how it will look like from a legal point of view, but we know that if you do not get yourself vaccinated, um, you can be charged with 3,600 euros. That's more than double of the average income, net income of an Austrian worker or employee. So it's really a huge amount of money. And this um, fine, can you can be fined more than once. So you can be fined also three wow. times or four times or five times. And if you don't pay it, you have to go to prison for a month. <laughs> I, yeah, wow. so that's, that's what happened. And obviously, uh, there were huge demonstrations against this. The biggest I've ever seen in Austria, and it was really amazing to be there. Um, so, yes, that's what happened in the last two weeks. Incredible. Uh, now, there are reports that the cases are on the rise in Austria and that the emergency rooms are filling up and they are very concerned about capacity. D is that the case? Uh, do you see that on the ground there? 
Well, the capacity question is complete nonsense. If you look at the official statistics, even you can see that the capacity for the emergency bedrooms uh, as a beds are still um, on a good in a good area, so that's not a problem at all. Yes, the numbers, are, uh, the incidents. Um, you know, in, in Europe we now have the seven-day incidences where you see how many people test positive. Um, um, and then you say, well, so many people out of 100,000 test positive, and that's the incidence. The incidence right now is huge. It's about 1,000 right now in average, but that's not really a huge miracle. First of all, we have forced testing. So if you want to go to work as an unvaccinated, you have to test yourself actually every day. And obviously, you will have tons of people who get tested positive. And so whenever you hear someone telling you, yeah, well, the unvaccinated have way more positive tests than the vaccinated, yeah, that's true in absolute numbers because the unvaccinated have to go testing, the vaccinated do not have to go testing. Very easy wow. answer. What we do see is, yes, we see an increase in corona cases exactly the same way we saw it last year. If you look at the statistics, and I looked at Statistic Austria, it's the official governmental statistic portal, yesterday night, so a few hours before our interview, and the numbers are kind of equal, even a little bit higher this year than last year of deaths in general and also of corona, which for me is a huge proof for one very important point. The vaccine is not a game changer at all. Mm. We can see it, we can prove it, we can prove it in every other European country. Look at Gibraltar, well, it's a small country, only 35,000 inhabitants, but it has a 100% vaccination rate and a huge amount of, of, of corona cases right now. Look at Ireland, they have a 90% vaccination rate among uh, adults and have um, nearly the same numbers as we have with our 66% vaccination rate right now. Uh, or look at Sweden, they have 67% vaccination rate, but do not have any cases at all right now. The incidence is so low, lower than every other European country, um, w which I think is connected to them not lock uh, never locking down and therefore uh, maintaining a normal life and therefore also maintaining a normal immune reaction to what's happening. So that's the case right now. I cannot say that what the government published uh, is based on facts, and it's definitely not based on our statistics. Rudy? Mr. Shugel, I have a question. Um, there's obviously power in numbers. Do you think that there's enough of a movement here in Austria for people to affect any sort of change uh, in this sort of uh, uh, new law that is, is coming into, into play? Well, first, um, let me talk about the numbers and then let me tell you why this is actually the, the, the case and why, let's say, it could be the case. 100,000 people on the Viennese demonstration and more than 100,000 people in my eyes is extraordinary. You can't imagine it. Our country is so small. We have not even 9 million inhabitants. If uh, more than, let's say, 500 people do a protest in Vienna, it's already considered a big demonstration. This swing was one of the biggest things I've ever seen in Austria. Wow. So obviously there is some power in it. Second of all, there are lots of groups which find themselves right now um, um, having the same profession. For example, there's a, a telegram group for people who work in the health sector. And this telegram group was founded not even a week ago. And it has already 16,000 members. And all of them, let's say the majority of them is ready to do a strike, for example. Obviously, except elderly people homes, uh, disabled homes and, and emergency rooms. But, but hold, they want to hold do a that, strike. Hold that, the thought, hold that thought, Alexander. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but we're talking with Alexander Trugoel from the Boniface Institute in Austria. 
This music means we're going to have to take a very short break. We're going to come right back and continue our conversation about these lockdowns and these massive rallies. We're going to get the latest on that coming up right after this break. Don't go anywhere. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, the Catholic Church is too condemning. It needs to practice more tolerance. G.K. Chesterton says, the other word for tolerance is indifference, and the other word for indifference is apathy. The Catholic Church cannot afford to be apathetic. It cannot afford to be tolerant of evil. It has to be consistent in opposing what is wrong and defending what is right. And the Church especially cannot afford to tolerate social evils that are condoned by the state. Why? Because sooner or later, it'll be turned against the Church. History has shown this to be true more than once. Chesterton says there have been times in history when the church has been wedded to the world, but it has always been widowed by the world. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org GloryAndShine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. GloryAndShine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At GloryAndShine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, GloryAndShine.com. Thank you again. be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Uh, God is so very good. Alexander Trugwell is our guest from the Boniface Institute. There's uh, so many reports out this morning. I'm looking at Epic Times right now. One of the things that gets me is, uh, you know, 66% of Austrians have been vaccinated. 8.9 million people uh, we're talking about here. Uh, I live in a city that almost has that many by itself, let alone our whole country. And, uh, you know, things even out after the Delta variant came through and swept through, things even out. And yet we're seeing what I would say are overreactions, dystopian reactions to to these types of things. Is the problem worse than the cure? Alexander Trugwell, good morning to you. What do you say? Yes, um, the problem is not worse than the cure, obviously, because the problem they make up is is the corona um, um, so-called pandemic which let's not talk too much about the term pandemic but let's look at the numbers uh, because as i think numbers are way more powerful than than ideologies and the numbers just show us that yes there is something happening and the corona is a thing people people can have quite an ugly time of it most of the people do not the survival rate is more than 99 percent so it's not really uh, what we could, would consider a pandemic in the old-fashioned way. Um, the question is, um, do the lockdowns, uh, does the vaccine bring a change? Mm. So does it really make things better? And we did a research on this with a wonderful data analysis. And, and, and it's on our homepage. You can, you can see it later and you can read it later and you will see it. No, they don't. The numbers this year are exactly the same like last year. Exactly the same in almost every country where we have any numbers. In uh, quite the opposite happens right now. The number of, uh, of deaths which are not related to Corona even increases right now. So uh, we might even see um, bigger problems coming um, connected to the vaccine in the future as well. We don't know yet. There are hardly any. There's hardly any study on this. So what we have here is um, 
a problem which we can call corona and let's not focus too much on it first let's focus first on the solution they uh, the government wants to provide the solution did not work at all since one and a half years we know it we see the numbers we see the cases everything it does not work we have exactly the same numbers in Austria right now, like last year. Last year, we had zero vaccinated people. This year, we have already three times vaccinated people. So that's my answer to this. The question is rather, what do they want to achieve, the government and all the other governments trying to, to follow our line right now? What do they want to achieve with this? Well, I know that what people always like to achieve is they want to increase their own power. And I have to say that everything connected to this whole corona um, pandemic um, measures they, that the government implements is unfortunately always connecting to handing, uh, giving away our duties, our rights, our freedom, not only for the time of the pandemic, but also for the time afterwards to the government or to supranational organizations. Look, for example, at the green passport in Austria. Every European country in the, as a member of the European Union has uh, now this green passport. The green passport is the vaccination passport. You will know the term, I think. The green passport is connected to your um, to, to, to your main data, so to your passport data, which is, following old Austrian law, illegal. In Austria, health data is something considered very private data, and personal data, and I, as a citizen, can decide to whom I hand it. This time, I couldn't decide it. So right now, the Austrian state knows whether I'm vaccinated or not and started to send out letters to everyone unvaccinated telling them you have to get yourself vaccinated which is completely against every um, privacy and whatever law we had previously so that's the first step so the question is what is this green passport for example and then if you do a little research and you just go to official homepage of the european commission you will find out that the green passport is part of a bigger program called the digital identity. The digital identity is an idea to get whatever data you have, your bank account details, your travel data, obviously where you live, your health data and so on, connected in one account. And this account and the data is owned by the European Union and, and um, can be seen by the European Union itself and by the member states and by certain third parties who are allowed to see it. So that's actually what we're heading for. We're heading for a real dystopian world. You can't imagine this. Mm. Just imagine that someone up, up there, I don't want to say up there, so I know where they are. Someone in the government, someone in the European Union knows exactly where you are, what you spend your money on, what you eat, when you eat, uh, what your health issues are, um, or if you're in debt or if you're not in debt, if you're rich or if you're poor, they know everything. And just imagine what this means, what power this means to the people who are in possession of this knowledge. It's huge. And yes, compare this to the last century. Just imagine, let's say, Stalin, um, uh, Joseph Stalin in the, in the communist time. Um, just imagine him having this information. Right. Do you, yeah. do you think there would still Adolf be resistance? Yeah, obviously, I'm, I'm not so in, in Austria, we have quite hard, hard laws not to talk about this, but, but obviously, yeah, that's, that's quite obvious. So you will see that, that uh, this is in the, this, this in the hands of people who are, let's say, who are, have no, um, and, uh, who are not 100% on the good side is mm. already a problem. But now we talk about politicians which introduce abortion, euthanasia, homosexual marriage, mass migrations, the structure of the Christian identity of our Catholic heritage, for example, in Austria, and so on. And those people have all this essential data about us, 
without my consent, that's something where I really resist. And I tell you something, it sounds strange, but most of the Austrian people who went to the demonstration on Saturday, they understand this. Mm. They know it. We have lots of tons of little private networks in Austria, old Catholic networks, conservative networks, liberal networks, right-wing networks, left-wing networks even kind of hippie, the hippie movement, for example, very interestingly, is also very much against vaccine. So you see that many people try to, to talk about this topic and find out what is behind them. And then I have to say, everyone understands why resistance is not only necessary, but actually a duty for everyone who is able to resist. Wow. Alexander Trugel is our guest. He is with the Boniface Institute. By the way, I've linked to it in our uh, video feeds today. You can find it in the in the comments section there. But the website is boniface-institute.com. That's boniface-institute.com. We have about uh, four or five minutes left with you, Alexander Trugoel. And, uh, okay, so let's talk about the numbers again as far as the crowds. Massive. You said it was the biggest you'd ever seen. Um, but here's the question in my mind. So we have these big, huge rallies all over the world. That's all well and good, but will anything come of that? Is the government going to just ignore these, get like just get past these rallies and move on and gonna they're going to do what they're going to do and the people's opinion of that doesn't really matter or do you actually see a case where uh, these rallies will translate into actual action on behalf of the people well to give you a little overview it was the, only this weekend the protests were going on in sweden in norway in finland in australia huge protests in australia by the way in the netherlands in croatia also huge protests in croatia in austria in germany in great britain in italy in italy in rome and the circus maximus so the big circus in, in rome very famous everything crowded ten thousands of people in georgia in lithuania new zealand canada hungary, hungary belgium usa in the United States, I saw quite some protests actually going on in Switzerland and in France and so on. And so, so obviously it's huge. Will anything come out of this? I think yes. The question is just, is what will come out of this able to still um, to create enough structure in order to also be a political power in our system, in the systems we have right now? Mm. Or are these rather networks will which will be and the networks we will rely on and we will need in the times ahead of us, which could be actually even worse than now, if you if you see what what's planned. I think the second is definitely the case. Those are people we can trust more than others because right now they are willing to show their face out in public, knowing that what they do will be illegal in two weeks, in two months. It's really good. It's a very good um, baseline, you know. And the question is uh, what the movement uh, will develop into. If it will be a constructive power or rather only a uniting power, which is also very good, or if it will be chaotic in a few months and that's it. What I hope for the, the, the second one uh, at least, mm. and I hope that even more could come out. <laughs> what about the church in Austria? How is the church... Uh, handling this. It's been a, quite a, a scandal for many people in, of the faithful across the world. I mean, uh, His Holiness has implemented vax mandates in Vatican City, signaling that he is completely okay with this. What about the church in Austria? Well, the church in Austria is uh, a difficult situation right now. We are allowed to go to Mass without um, uh, major uh, restrictions. We have to wear masks, which I do not do and which I also think people should not do and, and should stop doing. 
And, but that's it, you do not have to be vaccinated. But right today, I got the news from Berlin that in Berlin from now on, you're only allowed to get a mask if you're vaccinated or recovered. And there will be one mask a day for the rest. Wow. So there's a separate mask for us. And the norm, also the, the good people, the ones who follow the commands by the state, they go to the better mask, you know. And, and that's something we will definitely see in other countries as well. I hope not in Austria. Right now in Austria, I do not think that this is happening. But what is happening is that next to Holy Mass and to adoration and confession um, and, and a few things that are happening within the church's building itself, mm. um, ecclesiastical as uh, so a churchly events are no longer possible. They were already also separated into unvaccinated and vaccinated, and you have those uh, ugly rules implemented there. And I know personally many priests who are not vaccinated and not allowed to join their own parishes' events anymore. Wow. We are living in very interesting times. Uh, we're almost about out of time. You're just about a minute on the clock. Do you see an underground church movement building across the world? Not, not only building, but it's since the first lockdown, I, it's already there. In the first lockdown, I thought that my little community and our Holy Mass, we organized underground with more than 100 people, was amazing. And we were, you know, the big fighters and so great and so on. And at the end, I learned humility again. It's, it's always God's handwriting. Yeah. But I saw that all of my other Catholic friends all around Austria, every one of them had own secret communities, own secret Mass wow. and so on going on. So yes, it's a huge movement already. The problem is just that many people do not um, are not strong enough to 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 ha to, to hand to psychological right. pressure, uh, which we'll, is put upon them. So that's one of our main aspects. We'll Pray have, for them, be we'll there have for to them. leave it there. I'm sorry, we're out of time. Alexander Trugwell, Boniface Institute. It's Boniface-Institute.com. Thank you, Alexander, for your time today. God love you. God bless you. Have a great day. Thank you. That is going to do it for hour number one of Catholic Drive Time. If you can join us in the second hour, we would love to have you. Please hang out with us online if you can. GRNonline.com forward slash CDT. God love you. We'll see you in the next hour or tomorrow morning. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. A friend of mine said that his church takes the Bible literally, but that the Catholic Church doesn't. Is that true? Catholics actually interpret the Bible in a literal sense, while many fundamentalists, evangelicals, and others interpret the Bible in a literalist sense. The literal meaning of a passage of Scripture is the meaning the author of that passage of Scripture intended to convey. The literalist interpretation of a passage of Scripture is, that's what it says, that's what it means. Here's an example to illustrate the difference. If you were to read a passage in a book that said it was raining cats and dogs outside, how would you interpret that? As Americans in the 21st century, we know that the author was intending to convey the idea that it was raining pretty doggone hard outside. That would be the literal or Catholic interpretation. The literalist interpretation would be that were you to walk outside, you would actually see cats and dogs falling from the sky like rain. 
No taking into account the popularly accepted meaning of this phrase. No taking into account what the author was intending to convey. The words say it was raining cats and dogs, so by golly, it was raining cats and dogs. That is the literalist or fundamentalist way of interpretation. Now, if someone 2,000 years in the future picked up that same book and read it was raining cats and dogs outside, in order to properly understand that passage in the book, they would need a literal interpretation, not a literalist interpretation. Now, think about that in the context of interpreting the Bible 2,000 to 3,000 years after it was written. We need a literal or Catholic interpretation versus literalist or fundamentalist interpretation. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern. Right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain, praise be to God. It is great to be on with you. Good morning to you. You have survived your weekend. Congratulations. It's Monday. You get to get back after it. Aren't you just looking forward to it? You're just eager, I can tell. You're like, I can't wait to go to work, school, or or whatever else you're doing today. You're probably thinking, I just, I'm so excited about what I do and get to do it. God is so very good. Well, on your way today, we have a great program for you this hour. We just wrapped up a wonderful conversation with Alexander Trugowell from the Boniface Institute about the latest uh, rallies all over the world, actually, against the mandates and what specifically is happening in Austria. They're going into full lockdown mode today. So keep them in your prayers. We'll be posting that conversation uh, to our social feeds, which you can find linked up on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. But we are going to have a great hour this hour. We are going to play our game, Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show, where prizes are at stake. And uh, I'll give you the phone number when it's time to call. You can call in at 15 past the hour, but you can always you can always give yourself a little advantage. You can go to our website, click on the Fear and Trembling link, and you can find the phone number, prize sponsors, and all of that information right there. The rules, all of it at uh, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Good morning to you, Rudy. Good morning, Joe. Praise be to God. You have survived your first two ever official newscasts in the radio business. How do you feel? I feel great, but I'm all sweaty. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> I didn't see that coming, but why uh, turn the AC on, my friend? You get cooled down. There's no need to sweat and torture yourself there. Uh, now you're you're in Los Angeles currently. That's right. Yeah. For well, now. That's why. Now. That's why. 
Uh, we all know what's what you know, things are burning up. I'm sure in Los Angeles these days, it's freezing uh, in Houston, freezing in Houston. So, but you are gonna you are actually moving to the Houston area sometime uh, next year. Yeah, I can't wait. Beginning of the year, I'll be out there in Houston, be in the, in the room with all of you guys. Now, come. You were born and raised in California, correct? Yeah, I grew up here in the San Fernando Valley. Now, so you're going to have to, boy, you got a lot on your list. You got to move. You got to buy a cowboy hat, boots, a buckle. You got to learn how to ride a horse. I mean, they don't I, have those in California. No, <laughs> nope. Negative. No cowboys in California. So you got a lot to do. Uh, it's going to be fun to uh, to get you in uh, in the studio live in January. Speaking of people who have a lot to do, Adrian Fonseca is here on the one ones and twos. Good morning, to you, Adrian. Good morning. Good morning. Praise be to God. Praise it's good be to be God. here. Is it? It is. As it, always, it's always good to be here. Despite of it all. Despite of it all. Despite all the bad news uh, that Rudy's now giving us, not Joe. I know. Uh, I it, it is. So uh, it is. Uh, it is still good to be here. Praise be to God for it. No longer the bearer of bad news. Praise be to Jesus. <laughs> that, that comes uh, after the show. Yeah. <laughs> is that what it does? Yes, yes. Well, as our friend David Magianis likes to say, Debbie Downer over here. Debbie Downer. Here that's true. Uh, Rudy, quick question, pop quiz. Do you know what the ones and twos actually are? Oh, yeah, totally. It's the uh, one and two knobs, right? On the control <laughs> deck. <laughs> it's tough being the old man in the room sometimes <laughs> only, the only guy to get the uh, old 80s 90s references no it's the dj djs the ones and twos the turntables my friend come on now dj adrian fonseca <laughs> there that, you go how's that go that's ex- excellent excellent <laughs> 10 out of 10. I have uh, I have my records right here. I, you just can't see them. Yeah, they're just, just super that they're here. Spinning the vinyl. All go. right. <laughs> well, there you go, folks. So we, you do have a good piece of news to share with us today, though, right? I do. All right. So uh, so hopefully some inspiring, uplifting news. We do all the heavy stuff in the first hour. So if you like that kind of thing, join us in the first hour every day, and we'll, we'll keep you up to date with the latest information. But in the second hour, we like to do things a little bit more upbeat, a little bit more inspirational, so we find a good piece of news to share with you. That's coming up here in just a moment. And then, of course, we have Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day. We like to get in a little bit of a reflection, thanks to our sponsor, uh, Verb boom.com forward slash grn that's with the v verboom with the v verboom.com forward slash a grn thank you for sponsoring our gospel reflection every day and then we have our game show fear and trembling coming up at 15 past and then we'll have an after show by the grace of god and we will conversate with you about whatever you want to talk about. You get to drive that conversation. So stick around for that. It'll be on one of the live video feeds, Odyssey, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, or our website. You can do that there at grnonline.com forward slash C-D-T. Let's pray and dive in. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O mother of the word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Holy Ghost, and now your good news with Rudy Carlos. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm Rudy Carlos, and here is your good news story. LifeSite readers help Christians persecuted by Islamic terrorists in Nigeria. 
A Catholic priest based in northern Nigeria expressed his thanks to LifeSite newsreaders for their generous support of persecuted Christians facing Boko Haram. Using LifeSite News' crowdfunding platform, LifeFunder.com, Father Innocent Sunu was, has been able to feed, clothe, water, and invest in his impoverished parishioners in Madagali Adamawa State, where they face unrelenting attacks from Boko Haram's headquarters in the nearby Sambisa Forest. A special video sent to LifeSite News shows Father Innocent transporting a lorry load of food by night to Madagali. He says, quote, sometimes we have to act like smugglers, end quote. Father Innocent explains to viewers, this truck you are seeing is food. It is going to our village and it's sponsored by you, all of you from LifeSite News. <clears throat> John Henry Weston, Tim Jackson, Father Kevin, and all, uh, all our people in Ireland and all our people in America, all our people in Scotland, Canada, and wherever. He says, it's a quote, he says, quote, it's a trailer load of food and I have to be very discreet so that people will not think I have some money to spend so I will not be kidnapped, end quote. He continues, pray for us and let us be well and good. It's going to the people. You can see it. It's here. There are other trailers, Father Innocent says as he points to the camera toward a trailer of mattresses for the infirm and old people who otherwise sleep on the ground. We have to do it all night. This is night. We have to pay soldiers too so that it will be cleared because of every bag because for every bag if we have money if we <laughs> excuse me because for every bag if we have to pay money it's a lot of money thank you very much and god bless you says father innocent father innocent has used the money not only to provide food for those in need but also to drill wells erect a steel reservoir buy seeds build toilets to prevent cholera provide sewing machines and cash so that widows can get back on their feet and help local Muslims too, some of whom are converting to Catholicism at great risk to their lives. Praise God. And that was your good news story. The saint of the day is Saint Cecilia. Saint Cecilia lived during the Roman Empire in the third century and was born to a wealthy Roman family. She vowed her virginity to Christ, but her parents married her off anyway. On her wedding night, she made her vows known to her husband and informed him that an angel guarded her purity. Her husband replied that he would believe her and honor her vow if only he could see her angel. Cecilia instructed him to first be baptized and afterward he would be able to see her angel. The angel then crowned Cecilia with a, cha a chaplet of roses and lilies. Together, her husband and his brother took up the task of burying martyred Christians, which was illegal, and resulted in their martyrdom. Her refusal to worship false gods resulted in her being arrested. The prefect ordered that she be taken to her own home and suffocated in the bath. Cecilia rejoiced at the order and began immediately to prepare herself for death. They led her to her home and placed her in the bronze bath. The prefect angrily ordered her to be beheaded there on the very spot where she was. The unskilled executioner struck her three times with his sword as she knelt with bowed head in prayer, but he was unable to sever the head from the body. Inhumanly, he left her there half living and half dead. For three days, she still lingered on, suffering much, but complaining not at all. By her words, she did not cease to console and strengthen those around her, many of whom she herself had brought into the true fold. Finally, at the end of the third day, in the presence of Pope Urban and her friends, she ceased speaking to them and began to pray steadily 
but peacefully. While these prayers were still on her lips, she gave up her precious soul into the hands of the living God. Urban and the deacons took up her sacred body by night and laid it away in the catacombs near her husband and his brother. She died in the 4th century. St. Cecilia, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Luke chapter 21, verses 1 through 4. When Jesus looked up, he saw some wealthy people putting their offerings into the treasury, and he noticed a poor widow putting in two small coins. He said, I tell you truly, this poor widow put in more than all the rest, for those others have all made offerings from their surplus wealth, but she, from her poverty, has offered her whole, li- her whole livelihood. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, the applicant said, The widow may be taken to mean any soul bereft, as it were, of her first husband, the ancient law, and not worthy to be united to the word of God, who brings to God instead of a dowry of faith and good conscience, and so seems to offer more than those who are in rich words and abound in the moral virtues of the Gentiles. Boy, in the first hour, we talked about intentions that matter, but some of these fathers are really pointing out the real issue between the Jews and the Gentiles here, and the Gentiles being brought into the fold of the church. Adrian, what did you find? Yes. Uh, one thing that I wanted to point out is this idea of giving from our, uh, our from not from our excess, because when, one thing we have to realize is that, like, so for instance, we think of the word tithe. We have to give tithe to the church. What does the word tithe actually mean? Well, the word tithe literally comes from a word meaning a tenth of. And that's where we get the idea that you give 10% of your income to the church and to charity. Now, this, what is this, what is tradition said about this tithe? Okay, so what do we do? So a tenth of the, of our income, what is it? It's, it's traditionally noticed as the, your gross income, not after taxes and after I paid my bills and after, then we give a tenth of that. No, no, no. It's a tenth of your gross income was given to God. Now, from that tenth that we had given to God, well, five percent traditionally. Now, this isn't a rule. Like you're not. This isn't a rule where you say you have to give this percentage to this and this percentage to that. But traditionally, it was understood you would give five percent to your parish, and the other five percent you were free to give to whatever charity you wanted. Oh, hand out twenty bucks to the guy on the street corner. However, you wanted to give that other five percent was up to you. But you should give five percent to your uh, parish. Another thing, because uh, we're coming up on our share next week, I'm just saying, is you should give to those organizations and those communities that have spiritually benefited you. It was an obligation that you have. I had a friend recently say, you know, I go to this parish, but I go to another parish to go to confession because they have confessions during the week and my parish doesn't. And he was saying, you know, I felt kind of bad. And I was telling him, oh, you, you know, it was traditionally understood that you give to your parish, but you also should be giving to any group, organization, or community that is spiritually feeding you. And so if this parish is not your parish, but you go to confession here constantly, well, think about giving some percentage or some amount to that parish. So we should be giving uh, to those who spiritually benefit us. And I, that's just something important to remember. And also our share coming up next week. Hint, hint, nudge, <laughs> nudge. <laughs> wink, wink, <laughs> nudge, nudge. Uh, be generous to your local Catholic radio station because they need your help. Praise be to God. 
And your intentions do matter, as uh, the Venerable Bede would say. All right, uh, we are going to be playing our game show coming up right now. Uh, Fear and Trembling. We have a wonderful opportunity with some new prizes that are perfect for Christmas. I mean, uh, you would know it that there's still Thanksgiving to get through because... Decorations are up everywhere, apparently, and Christmas music is in the lobby, for crying out loud. But we do have a uh, uh, Christmas-inspired, sponsored gift to give away this week, and it's a short week because of Thanksgiving. We are not going to be in the studio, what, Thursday and Friday, I think, if I'm not mistaken. So that means we have even better chances for you to win. Your chances to win this week are better than ever because there's going to be less people to compete with in the drawing. So to get in on that, you do need to make a phone call. Right now is that time. The phone lines are open and available at 877-757-9424. Three Catholic trivia questions you don't need to know the answers to, and you could still win at 877-757-9424. If you've never played before, what a chance to play right now. Your chances are great at 877-757-9424. Or if you haven't played in a while, call back 877 877- 757-9424 that's 877-757-9424 we'll be right back we all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction but with the help of God and a church family your children can grow in the security of faith, hope and love weekly mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Protestants like to use James 2, 10 through 11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin. Because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin because in 1.15 he affirms it saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. The point James is making in James 2.10-11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So James 2, 10 through 11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children, developed the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit catholicscomehome.org today. Welcome home. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling. The Catholic Trivia Game Show where we have a secret and hidden 
agenda. So please do me a favor and don't tell anybody what I'm about to tell you. Okay. Is that a deal? If you'll do that, then I will share with you my secret hidden agenda of number one, we like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions where you might learn something you did not know before. Praise be to God. And number two, we like to have fun with our, our guests, our contestants on the phone. They tend to be really good sports, and we laugh with them. We really enjoy that part. And then, of course, we like to give out prizes. And that kind of makes it a winner for everybody involved. And this week, by the grace of God, Painted Sanctuary is generously donating to us a set of five assorted Christmas cards. Now, there's artwork. It's custom artwork printed on 100-pound uncoated paper. Praise be to Jesus. The Nativity, the Visitation, St. Mary Magdalene, Mary and Jesus. Uh, so there's going to be beautiful artwork on them. And inside, they're blank so that you could put your sentiments for your loved ones for your Christmas gifts this year. So that's uh, courtesy of Painted Sanctuary, which you can find located on Etsy. So just search for Painted Sanctuary on Etsy or go to etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash Painted Sanctuary. So praise be to Jesus. Now, now, Rudy, this is your first ever fear and trembling, is it not? It is. Yeah. Are well, you, the are, fir- first I, time being tricky about it. Are you are you nervous at all about uh, having to uh, to be one of the uh, the answering these tough questions or what? How, I mean, I don't know. I've never had to do it. No, not at all. I feel great. I, okay. I think okay. I know all of the answers. All of them. All right. Well, yes. praise be to God. Let's go to the phones. Good morning to you, Lynn. Good morning. Praise be to God. Now, Lynn. Uh, well, thank you for calling in our program today. We're very very happy you're here. Oh, by the way, happy Thanksgiving to you. Mm-hmm. You too. Uh, now, where are you calling from, Lynn? Uh, Buffalo, New York. Buffalo, New York. Praise be to Jesus. Now, of the cross. What is the uh, what is the weather like right now in Buffalo? Oh, it's nice. It's about thirty five and oh, dry. Oh, balmy! Today, yesterday was yeah, balmy for yikes. <laughs> balmy and thirty five. I was chattering my teeth this morning, and it was like sixty five. I was like, <laughs> <Yeah>. yikes! <laughs> oh, you Texans they have thin blood. <laughs> now do you already have like a cord of wood stacked out in front of the house yeah. or how does that like how, how do you heat your house is yeah. it oil or are you wood fire yeah, how no, do you we do have ga- <laughs> we have gas you have gas okay <laughs> well, well i don't i don't but the house does <laughs> 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 all right Len, praise be to god now now i understand you listen every day so you must be familiar with the rules Oh, yeah. I, I hope I don't embarrass myself by not knowing the answers. <laughs> well, the good news is you don't have to know the answers. <laughs> yeah. All right. We are going to uh, we're going to play the game. We'll ask Rudy. We'll ask Adrian. One of them will be right, and the other will be wrong. And the uh, and the and you'll get 15 seconds on the clock, Len, to make a decision between Rudy and Adrian. Every right answer goes into that coffee cup. So let's just play the game. We'll see how it goes. Rudy, we will start with you, as is our custom. Rudy, are you ready? Yes, sir. Are you sure? Yes, sir. Are you sure? I yeah. Okay. I guess so. okay. Rudy, can you tell me, did all the angels remain faithful to God? Yes, they did. Just one. Just one no. And he was cast out. Okay, so is your answer yes or is it no? My answer is yes. So all of the angels remain faithful to God? Yes. Okay. By the grace of God. By the grace of God. All right, let's just, I'm curious. I wonder what Adrian's going to say now. Adrian, can you tell me, did all the angels remain faithful to God? Yes, I can tell you. The answer is no. (laughs) A third fell. (laughs) 
<laughs> this is, is going, that clear? This is going so clear as mud. Yeah, praise be to God. Uh, all right, so your answer is yes or no? The answer is no. A third fell. A third. Okay, you're saying no. A third of the angels have fallen. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay, Lynn, let me see if I can't clarify. Because I'm on your side, unlike sure. the, unlike these two. Uh, Len, uh, Adrian seems to think a third of the angels have fallen, so his answer is no, whereas Rudy says, yes, all the angels remain faithful to God. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Len, what say you? I'm going to go with Adrian. Um, I like that answer. That's a, um, <laughs> that is, that's a good answer. How do we say that without actually saying it that's the next question yeah i know (laughs) (laughs) i know what congratulations glenn praise be to god admitting adrian is right publicly has downsides i would argue Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah it doesn't it does not help his humility or it goes you know what i mean like egos aren't good things so uh anyway wounded (laughs) and my day is ruined (laughs) you are in the uh you're in the coffee cup of divine providence for one. Praise be to God. I think we can get the, get you in there for two. Let's see how this goes. Adrian, we, we start with you this time. Uh-oh. Adrian? That's me. When is a double genuflection made? Oh. Ooh. Oh. I like this. Yikes. That's a tricky one. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say before the blessed sacrament. Okay. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rudy, let's ask you uh, to see what you say here. Rudy, can you tell me <laughs> when is a double genuflection made? Easy. In front of your favorite saint statue. Really? Wow. Huh. Like, yeah. does it doesn't matter as long as it's my favorite saint statue. Or your patron, you know. Ideally, it's your, pra- your patron. So as long as people are genuflecting in front of my personal favorite or my... Not yours. Not mine? <laughs> the individuals. Oh, the individual. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought Awkward. you meant mine. <laughs> Like, I haven't told anybody about that, but okay. Except everybody. Except everybody. All right, so uh, here's the deal. If we haven't confused you enough, Lynn, let me see if I can't clarify. (laughs) Uh, Rudy seems to think you double genuflect in front of your favorite uh, patron saint statue, for instance. Whereas Adrian seems to think it's in front of the Blessed Sacrament. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? What say you? I will say that I'll tell you what. Rudy did a great job with the news, but a lousy job with his answer. So I'm. I'm (laughs) (laughs) That is correct. But notice she went out of her way to make sure she didn't say I was right. Yes. Uh, She's distrit. She's uh, ouch. She's got a skill level that's pretty good. I would say she's advanced. Did you know though? Technically speaking. They changed the rule, so it's no longer required to do a double genuflection in yeah. front of the Blessed Sacrament. Are you being serious? But I still highly recommend it. Who changed the rules? The bishops. Which bishop? All of them. All of the bishops? Mm. Around All the whole them. world or just USCCB? All of them. Oh, my. Scandal. Mm. Scandal. Du- a double genuflect in front of the Blessed Sacrament. It's not going to hurt you. I will be doing that anyways. It'll be good for you. Except for some people don't even do one. Ever. Well, I mean, if you like, have they do bad a curtsy. Knees, then... How many people do you see do curtsies at mass? Yeah, like, it's hilarious. <laughs> uh, it's priests too. Yes, Yikes. exactly. Yeah. Yikes. All right. Anyway, are you in the cup for two, Len? Praise God. You're like a. Are you hustling us? Are you playing for money today? Because I think you got this nailed. Uh, but well, let's see if we can't get you in there for three. Um, I'm, I'm this could be the trickiest question mm. out of all three. Let's just see. We're going back to Rudy now. Rudy, can you tell me what? Are we commanded by the ninth commandment? Do not steal. Do not steal. 
That's the ninth commandment. Don't okay. do it. Okay. Don't do it. Uh-huh. Is that true? Hmm. Let's see. Adrian, can you tell me? Mm-hmm. What are we commanded by the ninth mm. commandment? Mm. Mm. Let's see. Yeah. Ninth commandment. We yep. are commanded to be pure in thought and in desire. Are you sure? Well, I'm like reasonably sure. Are you? I have a reasonable hope that I'm right. Are you pure in thought about this or? Well, I have a reasonable hope. Hmm. Is it your desire that this is your answer? I desire to be correct. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <clears throat> All right, Len, here's the deal. Adrian seems to think the ninth commandment is to be pure in thought and desire, whereas Rudy seems to think the ninth commandment is thou shalt not steal. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Len, what say you? Oh, yeah. Adrian's right again. What? What are you doing? To the Come on. Wow. Come. Rudy up to the fail here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Rudy, uh, Rudy, unfortunately, is, uh, he, his connection means he can't actually hear you right yeah. now. Len. But uh, Rudy, for your benefit, she, she is trying to advocate for you. Uh, she oh, feels like you. you have been uh, cheated today uh, <laughs> because uh, somehow you got all the wrong answers. I'm not sure how that happened, but uh, <laughs> I, I <laughs> promised that it had no nefarious intent on my part. Mm, Maybe on Joe's part. Pure though. thought and desire. That's the ninth commandment. Maybe there's a confession in Adrian's future. Well, mm. I mean, there is for sure. <laughs> well, there's that. But <laughs> hey, did I, I forgot to play the Duh. dub button. Yeah. Praise Duh. God. Well done. Well done, Len. Congratulations. You're in for three. Thank you. How Thank you, you guys. Thanks for all you do. Now, what are you guys uh, up to for Thanksgiving? You're going to have a big feast or what? Yeah, yep. Uh, my family, my sister, um, her kids are coming in from uh, out of state, so we'll all get together and. Wow. Yeah, it'll be fun. Can I stop by? Are we having like a real sure. feast? Or? Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't that be fun? That'd be cool. Got my tickets already. Yeah. Hey, praise be to God. You come to Bu- yeah. Anytime you guys come to Buffalo, you got a place to stay. I like that. All right, Len, we're going to put <laughs> you on hold, but God love you. God bless okay. you. Thank you for playing our game today. Thank you, guys. All right. That's going to do it for the radio side of our show this morning. Praise be to Jesus. Thank you all for hanging out with us. Thank you to Alexander Truguel. Uh, Brent Haynes and Len for being on with us. Congratulations to Rudy on his first ever uh, official radio show for CDT. Congratulations, Rudy. You survived it. Much. Pleasure. We are going to go to the after show live on the video streams for YouTube, Facebook, Odyssey, Twitter, or our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Hang out with us there if you can. Otherwise, we'll see you back here tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern. God love you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Welcome to the after show of Catholic Drive Time, where we get a lot more casual about our conversation. And you, my dear listener, get to drive that conversation. So here is the deal. If you are new here, praise be to God. Uh, we like to lavish extra love on first-time commenters. So if you've never commented before, 
Well, can I just entice you to do so? Uh, because uh, we, again, we like to lavish that extra love on first time commenters. So tell us where you're from, and we would love that. We'll give you that extra attention. Uh, otherwise, you get to drive the conversation with your comments. You tell us what you want to talk about, and we will talk about that. Otherwise, if you don't, then we talk about movies and food. That's the rules. Uh, we don't make them up. We just live by them. So uh, anyway, that's the deal there. Uh, let's see here. Good morning to you, Christopher Chance. Good morning to you, Paul, our friend from Buffalo. Praise be to God. It was great to hear a Buffalo caller this morning on the game show. We don't hear from Buffalo quite enough. I, I enjoyed that quite a bit. Lynn was so much fun. Um, Kim Sunderman, good morning to you. Colin, good morning to you. Praise be to Jesus. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Clarissa and the Burrier family, good morning to you. Thank you for hanging out with us today. Uh, let's see here. I see Buddy. Buddy, good morning to you, Buddy Canine. You got a, you have a, is that a joke in the uh, comment box? Or I got to read that here in a moment. Gloria Deanne Lopez, good morning to you, Gloria. Gloria hung out with us with her husband last week. Praise be to Jesus. That was so good to see you. Uh, thank you for she stopping brought in. Yes, she did. And donuts. Yum. Uh, Joaquin, good morning. Jesus Robles, my friend. Good morning. In front of the show, good morning to you. Don Paddock. the yes. Nicola, good morning to you. Uh, it's good to see you here. Praise be to God. Lori, good morning to you. Thank you guys for hanging out with us today. What is everybody up to for Thanksgiving? What's the plans for Thanksgiving? Let us know in the comments. Um, Len was fun, huh? Oh, yeah. It was good stuff. Yeah, praise be to God. Uh, let's see here. Buddy wrote this. I, I'm, is this a joke? I don't even know. I can't it's a, tell. It's a tome. It's a tome, right? I know. <laughs> Buddy, our friend, says, Mr. McLean, a young Marine came home after boot camp. He greeted his father, and his father asked what he learned in boot camp. The young man answered, I learned how to read a map, drive a tank, and how to throw a hand grenade. I never learned how to dri drive a tank in boot camp. I'm jealous. You did learn to throw a hand grenade, though. I, 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 I was so scared of that. That was so frightening to me. <laughs> <laughs> At any rate, for the father replied, I know what a map and a tank is, but what is a hand grenade? The young man said, I knew you would not know what a hand grenade is, so I brought one to show you. The young man pulled out the grenade and pulled the pin and threw it at the outhouse and blew up the outhouse. The father replied, uh, hold on, hold on, I lost my place. The father replied, your grandfather was in the outhouse. <laughs> your grandfather was in the outhouse. Both men ran to help the grandfather. Upon arriving, they asked the grandfather if he was okay. The confused man answered yes, but that was the last time he would light his pipe and fart at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. That's a long setup, Yikes. man. That <laughs> is a tricky one. <laughs> have you seen that meme? Yikes. Yikes. That is a tricky one. Yikes. No, I haven't That's seen That's my that favorite meme. meme. I have to show it to everybody I one day. I haven't seen that one. Nope. Uh, it's a hazard. Don't ever smoke your pipe in the bathroom. No one ever Noted. Smoke your pipe in the bathroom. <laughs> I was having flashbacks to some of the shenanigans we were doing in the Marine Corps, but Yikes. I will not. I yeah, will, I will refrain. Yes. I will refrain. I will refrain from Yikes. that. Praise be to God. Uh, Turkey. Turkey's on the agenda this week. Yay and amen. Um, Gloria said, just got on the road. No school, no traffic. Amen. Remi no. Reminds me of the good old days of the lockdown. Yeah, I had no traffic on my way to, to work either today. <laughs> when the lockdown was taking place, it was like, I can finally drive to work in reasonable time. This is amazing. <laughs> Praise be to God. Oi. Yeah. Uh, it's time for bed. Lockdowns are no good. Good morning, Mike. Praise be to Jesus. He's been listening with the app this morning, the GRN app. That's awesome. 
God is so very good. Or are you listening on Station of the Cross? Let us know. Uh, Paul says, Rudy, I too was under the weather last Saturday, though, through Wednesday. It wiped our... It wiped, it wiped out any possibility of driving to Baltimore for the men's march. That's too bad. I would have loved to have met you, Paul. That would have been great. Now, uh, I, I didn't tell anybody what you had, Rudy. So I've, that's that's your decision to say what you had or didn't have or whatever. But uh, it, you, you seem pretty wiped out anyway. Yep. No, I, I did. I had COVID. So the being around all these vaxies around here. Shedding their spike proteins on me. <laughs> <laughs> Not what I expected. As a, as a Two years after, I finally good. got it. It hurt. Two years I got to tell you. Yeah, the, the first, worst. The first time is the rough think, one. Yeah. What was the, the worst? worst symptom? Was the aches? It felt oh. like I got hit with a bat, like literally yeah. a baseball bat. Yeah, that was that was when the second time I had COVID, that was the worst symptom for me was the body aches. I yeah. could I literally didn't sleep for like three days because I couldn't ever get comfortable enough to to fall asleep. It was pretty rough. The first time though, it was the headache. The headache was so terrible. It's crazy. Um, but don't worry, Rudy. It gets easier from here. You'll have it every uh, every year and a half or so, and uh, you, you'll be an old pro before you know it. Natural immunity, let's go. You got the golden yeah, ticket. 10 out of 10, there you go. That's the fun stuff. <laughs> you know, and last, last week I read the article that uh, CDC had to admit that they had no data that, uh, you know, someone was asking them through a FOIA, you know, people who've, had, who've been infected twice, never received the vaccine, do they have any data of people like that ever transmitting uh, the virus? And the answer was, we don't have any data about that. So, no. So... There you go. Uh, so, Rudy, what did you do this weekend while you're recovering? Uh, did you do anything? Did you watch any movies, watch TV shows, or did you just lay there? I just kind of kept resting, you know, just uh, wanted to make sure I was 100% for today. Mm. So I didn't do much. I went to mass. That's good. That's about it. Yeah, praise yeah. be to God. Joe, what did you do this weekend? I went to a friend, my old colleague. Her, her, she got married this oh, weekend. Oh, the OG uh, CDT people will know who that is. Uh, OG CDT people. I don't yeah, know because she was on a she was on weekly. Remember? That's true. Yeah. I forget. You're right yeah. about that. I forgot about that. So, Teresa Kamara, uh, now Teresa Ensley, um, she was my co-host for my previous radio program called GRN Alive, and uh, so we hosted that show together for. I don't know, a year and a half or something like that. And then we started Catholic Drive Time. And so uh, life changed. And so she was coming on like once a week to give us a pro-life update. Uh, but her life got very busy. So she hasn't been on a long time. Well, she, she got married this weekend. So it was a, quite an honor to be able to witness that. Yeah, praise be to God. Yeah, praise be to God. And what else did you do this weekend? Did you watch any movies? I didn't watch a single movie this weekend. What? I know. I feel ashamed of myself Blast too. Me. I almost did though. In my defense, I almost I was going I was scrolling. I was looking for films to watch. <laughs> and then it just didn't work out. Yikes. Yeah. That just my, a tricky uh, one. My wife was uh, watching West Side Story. <gasps> I love West Side Story. I was uh I was Bernardo in West Side Story when I my senior year of high school. Really? Yep. I'm sorry, Adrian, but I did not enjoy it at all. <laughs> oh, you you obviously hate Shakespeare then. Oh, ouch. That's it's Romeo and Juliet, my friend. It's Romeo and Juliet. That's true. And it's, it's true. It's a beautiful story and it's a lot of fun. Um the fight scenes are a lot of fun. 
the I love the Jet song. It's so much fun. I just I just love the musical. It's such a good song. And, um, Maria, the song Maria. Um, it's it's just a beautiful song. Yeah, everything about it. It's great. Sorry, dude. You're just objectively wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the team, Rudy. Uh, get used to it, pal. Uh, uh, Mike, is it your birthday on Thanksgiving? Is that what you're trying to say? Thanksgiving is like every year. Thanksgiving is your birthday. That's cool. Like, oh, that's, how is that possible? Yeah, what a what a day to have. I mean, at least now that day will have some significance because society has just basically ignored it at this point. Yep, yep. I mean, there's Christmas music out there. Like, the, I was driving, or we were driving back from the wedding on Saturday evening, and it's like neighborhoods are already decorated. It's like college whiz people. Thanksgiving hasn't even happened yet. We need to make Advent great again. Um, Lori said, "Adrian dances." Yeah, I dance. <laughs> I dance. It's true. I've been in uh, a number of musicals. I was in um, West Head Story, Video, uh, Oklahoma, <laughs> um, Fiddler on the Roof. I was in, what else was I in? I was in another musical. I was in like four musicals and I was in like six plays. I actually got a scholarship to go to University of Dallas to do theater, uh, but, but I decided you to, go to, it to go to USC. Yeah, I got, the reason is because <laughs> it still would have been more expensive because I would have had to pay for housing and, every, uh-huh. and food and everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whereas staying at UST, I could stay in my parents' house and get food there. Tell us and so, the truth. It was the chapel that threw it over. Like you were like, hmm. honestly, it's a toss up between which chapel is uglier, <laughs> University of Dallas or UST. They're both pretty bad, but I think I think UST takes the edge, uh, just barely. But you know, there it goes. Heavy. Yeah. Did you do fiddle on the roof? Is that yeah. what you just said? Yeah, you I just was said uh, fiddle on the roof, huh? Yeah. I was uh I was that was my freshman year, so I was a one of the Russian guys, so I did the Russian dancing, uh, which was fun. I was hard. Um and let's see. I in Oklahoma I was Carnes. If you've seen Oklahoma, I was Carnes, the old man. Uh what else? I was Bernardo and West Side Story, and what was the other play that we musical we did? I'm trying to Dead remember. Dead Poet Society. I haven't watched that film in four That's depressing. ever, Clarissa. Very depressing. Um, Mike says Adrian is wrong. Mm. What did I? What am I wrong about? <laughs> that sounds sweet when you hear it, right? I like it. <laughs> like, oh man! Like when you say it, right? Like Adrian is wrong. Like it's just like mm, honey on the tongue. Wow, he said, "West Story is terrible, overrated, and awful." Holy moly! <laughs> Sci-Fi Mike said, "There's only one musical I enjoy: West Side Story." So I'm with Sci-Fi Mike. Sorry, Mike, you're out. You're blocked, banned from the show. Brick Wall, <laughs> aka Brick Wall. Yikes. West, uh, Sci-Fi Mike said, West Side Story gets me right in the feels every time. Right in the where? I'm in the feels. Feels very personal. I'm I, not sure we I normally can't that. stand musicals, says Sci-Fi Mike. I love musicals oh, overall. Uh, I, I like Newsies. We were just talking about I saw, oh, I saw, um, uh, my brain's not working. Holy moly. It was just yesterday. I saw, oh my goodness, Wizard of Oz yesterday. Wizard of Oz. Yep. The newer one or the yeah. old one? The original the or musical, the, uh, the, the musical? Oh, the musical. Sorry. Yeah. Hey, Alan. Good morning to you, Alan. He says, good morning from Canada. The snow came in overnight. My shovel got a good workout today. Yeah, praise God. Nice. Alan, you are an expert in all things musicals, no? Let us know. What is West Side Story a good musical? See or no? Or, <laughs> okay. You've been hanging around the TFP for too much. Uh, it's been, it's been uh, <clears throat> rubbing off on you, so to say, so to speak. Uh, let's see here. What is it? What, what's on the now, Alan? You guys, what? you guys don't celebrate Thanksgiving according to the American calendar, um, and that's only because we failed to take Canada as a, as a state during the Revolution. 
Uh, Lafayette did want to do that, but it, he failed, unfortunately. Um, I've always wanted to go to Turkey I for tease Thanksgiving. Alan. I'm only teasing. <laughs> but you guys, you, your Thanksgiving's on a different day. Tell us, what day do you guys celebrate Thanksgiving, and what is the traditional meal? Is it turkey? I'm just curious. First Thanksgiving in America? Anybody know? Uh, Florida. Yes. It's yep. definitely not in the New England colonies with the Puritans. It was mm-hmm. in Florida where the whole, first Holy <laughs> Mass was said well before the Puritans had theirs. So, na-na-na-na-boo-boo. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Alan says, we celebrate Thanksgiving early. What do you guys eat uh, up there in Canada? Like, yeah, probably chicken. Bear? Grouse. Uh, muskox? Like, what, what's on the agenda? What's on the... Uh, Sonia the, said, I do not turkey. enjoy musicals at all. What? What is... Same. I'm like... Sonia, I agree with you. I, what is wrong with everybody? What do you mean, what's wrong with everybody? People have common sense Lori and said, others... I saw well, Newsies on Broadway. They play in... In Broadway. Thank deals. you. Thank you, Lori. Oh, okay. Lori said, dang, wine bottle on your hat. So, okay. Here's a trick. The in musicals, let me be honest, almost everything is fake. So, <laughs> so where's my we, dub button when we, you need uh, it? <laughs> we got the wine bottle and it was an empty wine bottle. And we uh and we uh glued it onto our hats. Glue? Yes. Like, and so wow. then, uh, and so then we cut our hats on, mm-hmm. and then we just had to uh, make sure the hats didn't fall off. So it's yeah. still we still have to balance that, but it was not as hard as it looks. But uh, people actually do those dances where they're they're that they have that kind of posture and that kind yeah. of pre- uh, precision that they can dance with the bottle on their head. Uh, it's really impressive. But no, no, we we. Uh, but you aren't one of those. People. No, we cheated. We <laughs> we cheated. Now, Adrian, did you glue your hat to your head? Too? I did not. Mm-hmm. I wasn't that dedicated. Yeah, I was in. Uh, I was in. Um, what is it? The spy? No, not spy. Sherlock Holmes. I was in Sherlock Holmes. Really? Yeah, I was uh, one of the villains in Sherlock Holmes. That was fun. Oh no, kidding! Yeah, and I was in a couple Shakespeare shows, about three or four Shakespeare shows. Wow. Yep. Praise be to God. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, <clears throat> it ends early today because of uh, Bree Dale's program coming up at the top of the hour. Do you have something lined up for that? Yes. Yeah, so it's going to be a show that we uh, we did a couple weeks ago because Bree is going to be uh, out today. Uh, it's going to be with Cordilla. If you remember that show, it was about four or five weeks ago. Uh, it's a very good show, so you tune in. It'll be a replay of that show. All right. Praise be to God. That's going to do it for Catholic Drive Time today. We're very grateful for everybody who hung out with us. We'll see you back here tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern. Thursday and Friday, we have pre-recorded content, but it's brand new. Never been heard before. It's very good. And uh, we're looking forward to that. So God love you. God bless you. We'll see you back here tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern. Tell a friend. We'd be super appreciative of that. Take care. Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is my friend. Jesus is a friend of mine. I have a friend in Jesus. Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is my friend. Jesus is a friend of mine. He taught me how to live my life as it should be. He taught me how to turn my cheek when people laugh at me. I've had friends before, and I can tell you that he's one who will never leave you flat. His ska allowed. I know. Every time I hear that song, I always think of uh, the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. That's... <laughs>
It was one of the first. Uh, it was one of the first dates I had with my my wife was going to the Mighty Mighty Boston's, and so every time I hear that, that's song, awesome. That's what I think about. Uh, I, I'm going to run to have breakfast with Mr. Brent Haynes here, uh, but you know what? We could use Sounds Rudy good. as a guest tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. So um, <clears throat> I don't know if you want to be working on that, or if you want if you need to go take a nap or whatever. And then when I get back, we're we're going to be interviewing Claire at nine o'clock our time. You can participate in that conversation. This is for, it's a special interview for our donors. Mm-hmm. So it's not for CDT in particular, but we're going to be interviewing her at nine. And then afterwards, we can kind of do a post show kind of catch up and discussion after that, if that's okay. But we do okay. need a guest for tomorrow. We also need a, a show sponsor. We need a game show sponsor for next week as well. Okay. Um, as far as a guest topic tomorrow, um, I don't know anything related to the headline news. The big stories, the headline news, would be great. Um, but uh, if I come up, I'm gonna, I'll text you some ideas once I have them. But at, at any rate, we do need a guest for tomorrow. All right. All right. I'll see you soon. God bless. God bless you too. If you need anything, let me know. Thanks, Adrian. No problem.